Hey, you made it. There are so many things going on in the world today. You need to celebrate the fact that you took a moment to stop and listen to the word of God through this Heavenly Vision podcast. I'm sure God's going to speak to you in a way that will bless you. So let's get into it. Thank you so much. Acts chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 4. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And it reads as follows. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, the more primitive version would say, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared and rested on each one of them, or on their heads. And they all were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. A few moments we want to talk on this subject. Divine communication devices. Divine communication devices. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Who in here has a communication device? Amen. If you got it, don't even be afraid to lift it up. Lift it up. Amen. You have a communication device. This device is remarkable. Because this device allows you to do something that for decades, that for, for, for centuries was not able to be done. And at least at the level in which we can do it now. The first method of communication as it relates to distance was simply the written note. If I wanted to get a word to somebody far from me, I had to find somebody who would serve as a, a, a intermediary or a, a, a postal service worker who would take my note from my place and follow the instructions on it and deliver it to the note, deliver the note rather to someone in a various place. Then technological advances begin to move forward and then we got Morris code and, and the wire system and we were able to to communicate a little faster and then telephones and so forth and so on all the way now to where we are to where we can literally see someone face to face anywhere in the world anywhere in the world but the key is that we have to have a signal We have to have a signal. And if you look at your mobile device right now, I'm even looking because I have it on my computer as well. Uh, there, is, there is markers, indicators on your device that will let you know whether you have signal or not. And the beautiful thing or the terrible thing is that no matter how much you pay for that device, no matter how cute your 
cover is on it. No matter how, how beautiful your wallpaper is, no matter how much you spent for that case, if it does not have a signal, it will not work to its highest potential. Now, I'm sure we've all read this account and, and we've all felt the power of its implications. However, today I want to encourage you to look at this text in a different way and allow God to inform what happens next. It should be understood that God will not do anything among his people or God will not allow his people to receive anything great before he brings them to a place of unity. In other words, in order for God to do anything great among his people, he first requires that those people be unified according to his purpose. Now, that's important because when we go back to the book of Genesis and we see the Tower of Babel, they were unified. They were most certainly unified. And God said, listen, I got to go down and confuse them because uh, there's nothing that they cannot do. There's nothing that they will be unable to do if they are unified. But the amazing thing is, is that we ought, we ought not just be unified, but we have to be unified according to God's purposes. We have to be unified according to his purposes. So now we must understand that when we get in this room, we have to get together on the purpose God wants us to be here in. So, and we won't do this all day, but just ask your neighbor quickly, why did you come? Why, why are you here? And here's it, because this is, this is, a, this is a, a safe place. You can actually be honest. Somebody made me. I'm here to defy my attitude. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here because somebody told me if I show up, they was going to give me something. Whatever the reason you came, I'm just here for the food afterwards. And, and I got to go with my mama to eat. So... That's why I'm here. Whatever reason you are here, we have to find ourselves in a place to where we all say, regardless of what I had in my mind coming here, ultimately, I'm here to meet God and to receive whatever he wants me to have so that I can do whatever he wants me to do. Ultimately, I'm here to meet God, to receive whatever he wants me to have so I can do whatever he's called me to do. And so, uh, as we acclimate to a united lifestyle... And I'm going to say this real quick, a united lifestyle. None of us were ever created to live isolated. And anytime you live in isolation, here's, here's the reality. When you're living in isolation, you're living beneath your potential. And so anything you're able to accomplish on your own should not be celebrated because it pales in comparison to what you would be able to accomplish if you just got in community. And some of us, we're really excited about what we can do in isolation. We're like, look at me. I'm boss. I did it all by myself. Yes. Right? But imagine how that thing could be monetized. Imagine how that thing could be expanded if you would just lock arms with somebody else in a community. So we must acclimate to a united lifestyle. Now, the hard part of a united lifestyle is accountability. Because 
when we have to give an answer for our choices, it makes it more difficult. See, when we get grown, and I, I don't know who lied to me. Somebody lied to me. It might have been somebody at Verbum Day or it might have been somebody at Carson. It might have been somebody at Miracle Baptist. I don't know. It might have been somebody in the projects. I'm not sure. <laughs> it might have been somebody who was living on 92nd. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it could have been my cousin Robert when we was living in Anaheim. I don't know. But somebody lied to me and told me that when I got grown, I could do whatever I wanted to do. Anybody lie to you? I rebuke them in the name of Jesus. Them Negroes lied to me. And they told me when I got grown, I could do whatever I wanted to do, and I ain't I, I, I have to deal with nobody. I grew up, and I felt it for a second. Like a second. Until I actually realized that all the things that I wanted to accomplish, I did not have the resources to do on my own. Because I said, when I get my car, or no, let me, go, let me go back, let me go back. I said, when I get my license, I'm gone. You didn't even tell me nothing. But ain't nobody tell me you need a car to take the driver's test. Y'all ain't got cars just sitting around here at the DMV that I can just jump in? And... So I had to deal with Kiko Tali. Because she was the only one that had patience for me <laughs> in 2002. And I had to deal with her. And I had to deal with her asking me where I was going. I'm 18, boo. And, and I had to deal with the challenges of my relational uh, in, endeavors and engagement. And, and, and I, I, almost, I almost missed it, but I realized that what I wanted to do and what I, what I wanted to be able to accomplish was greater than my frustration with this accountability. And so I ended up dealing with it. I'm going to tell somebody something. You got to arrive to the place that your frustration with accountability does not supersede your desire to accomplish your desired outcome. Ain't no scripture in the Bible that ever says, and thou shalt love accountability. But you got to embrace it to, re to, re to realize that I'm going to need this united lifestyle if I, if I ever want to accomplish the ultimate goal of God for my life. So as we acclimate to a united lifestyle, the Lord will, with great veracity, overflow us with his plans and his power. Did y'all hear what I just said? If we unify ourselves, we don't even have to ask for anything. Oh, man. Don't miss this. Couples, if y'all two just get on the same page, everything that your relationship needs will meet you at the threshold of unity. Don't miss, I just prophesied to somebody. I declare, you're not going to have to fast a thousand days and pray a thousand days for this. If y'all two just get on the same page, if y'all two just, just, just get together like when y'all get together, if y'all can just get together like that in the spirit, God will meet you with resource. 
I'm of the belief that the moment we as a team, we as a people, we as a community, I'm, I'm believing that the moment we all come together and, and get on the same page, somebody going to call me with keys. I believe that. Y'all say what you will. I'm believing, God, that there is a building being prepped and made ready for heavenly vision right now. And all that we need to do is just align our minds and hearts with the spirit of God and one another. And they're going to call me and say, hey, bro, I got that building for you. He's going to do it. I heard somebody say it's already done. But when we take a closer look at this, a closer look at this text, we see that the 120, when, when, they, when they feel the rushing of the power, the Lord responds in a particular way. Tongues of fire rest on their heads. Tongues of fire rest on their head. It's, it's not a Jeremiah deal where it says that, that, that it's fire shut up in their bones. It's not in their bones. It's not in their belly. It's on their head. It's on their head. But then the question is begged, why? Why? Why on their heads and why fire? Why fire? Well, it's a couple of things that fire does that we need to acknowledge. Number one, fire brings light. Fire brings light. I believe one of the reasons why he put that image on their head, that emblem, that signal, that sign on their head was to give them illumination. There are some things you will not know or understand, rather, unless God illuminates. I don't care how intelligent you are, no matter how many degrees you have, no matter how, many, how much experience you have, you need to understand that some things God needs to show you. Let me, let me give somebody some freedom. And so stop making them show you. Because see, some of us are looking for answers from people that don't even adequately understand the question. And the reality is, is that there are, there are some things that can only be enlightened by the God of creation. And so the first thing he does with the fire is he brings enlightenment to us. The second thing that happens with the fire, fire brings heat. Fire brings heat, hallelujah. The heat represents the idea, listen to this, that the Holy Spirit comes to make us warm and inviting. Can I help somebody? You can't be saved and cold. Oh, I'm, I, I, I'm an introvert. I, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't do all of that. It, it, it doesn't take all of that. I'm not saying you got to be me. I'm not saying you got to be anybody on your road. But there ought to be a hope in you. There ought to be a spirit in you that allows you to have a warmth in yourself. That if somebody in your vicinity needs Jesus, if somebody in your vicinity needs the love of Christ, there ought to be something that ignites you to the degree that, that even if you just say a silent prayer there's something in you that ought to warm your heart to somebody else if you don't my goodness my, 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 my granddaddy in the old church they would say I wouldn't have a religion talk to me in my face that I couldn't feel there needs to be a warmth about us there needs to be an invitedness about us now ask yourself this question quickly ask yourself this question what about you invites people to you 
Or what about you repels people from you? Because anything in you that is repelling, that is you allowing yourself to be seen more than the spirit of Christ to be manifested through you. Because there was never an occurrence that Jesus had where people were repelled from him, watch this, until they were confronted with truth. And then when they were confronted with truth, they had to make a decision. Now, I'm not telling you that you got to make everybody stay in your life. Because some people can't handle the truth. But there ought to be an invitedness. There ought to be a welcomeness that comes from us that allows people to get to the place to where they can know the truth. Last thing here. Fire, not only does it illuminate, not only does it give heat, but fire purifies. Holy Spirit comes to burn away our iniquity and purify our hearts. Now, this, is, this is tough. Because... I like who I am at present. I may not like all the nuances of me. Do I have anybody else in the room that says, I, you know, I actually kind of like me. I, I'm good with my, with, my, with my present state of being. And, and I, I'm good with being me. Ah, but that old Holy Ghost. Y'all didn't met him. You, be, you, you, you think you're doing good. And then there's an emotion or an attitude or a mindset that he begins to make visible in you. And this is why he uses the people that piss you off. Don't miss it because we all here in community together. This is why this is why you can't rebuke everybody that piss you off. Because some people are put in your life to let you know that you're not as good as you think you are. And that you still have areas of improvement. See, this is why Paul and Peter had to be apostles of the same church. Because Paul had to tell Peter sometimes some things. And we both apostles, right? We all Holy Ghost filled. We all sanctified. But we still need somebody to point out certain things so that we can relieve it to the Holy Spirit that he can purify it and burn it away. I'm, I'm, huh. I, I, I'm, rem, I'm reminded all the time by those who, who cover me, my pastoral leaders, my apostolic leaders, pastoral accountability. James, uh, yeah, you got issues. I know you got your cute little red long shirt on. God bless you. <laughs> and, and the amazing thing is that some of them, they're they in another time zone. And so they, 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 they hollering at me like, hey, you know, um, X, Y, Z. And while I thought I did good. They'll challenge me in certain areas. And I can stay in my hubris. I can stay in my mind and say, well, you, you don't know, you don't pastor my people. You wouldn't even live in California. You can't tell me what the Lord is going to do in, 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 my, in, my, in my congregation. God bless you. Or I can say, Holy Spirit, the same spirit that's there is the spirit that's here. And if they actually love me, I have to assume that what they're saying is not to hinder me, but to reveal something that you want to purify. And so, he then purifies us. But then the question is, why the head? 
Why did he put it on their head? The tongues of fire that rested on the heads, here it is, it served as an indicator of divine signal. You, you remember what we talked about at the beginning of this sermon, right? Your phone, no matter how great it is, no matter how much you paid for it, if it doesn't have a signal, communication is halted. You can, you can try to execute a call all day, and you'll see that same signal that I see at times, call failed. Could it be that some of the communication that we're trying to execute in our life right now is failing because we're doing it outside of the strength of the Holy Spirit? Could it be that we're dialing the right number and we have the right battery life, but because we do not have the signal of the Spirit, the communication that we are trying to engage in fails. I'm here to tell you today that there is a proof positive way to make sure that our communication never fails. Do you want to hear it? It is if we communicate through the power and the unction and the utterance of the Holy Spirit. Uh, let's, let's make sense of this. Those, 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 those signals that were sitting on their head, just like them, them, them little bars that's sitting in, in the corner of your iPhone. <laughs> Some of y'all, see, we got, we got five, five GE. Now, that's not really five G. I don't know if AT&T lied to us. It's not really five G. It's just LTE. They, they, AT&T hasn't got there yet, but that's okay. <laughs> we got a signal. And just as, just as sure as, as everything that's happening on the remainder of that whole screen is governed by that little signal, everything that needs to be communicated through your life should be governed by that little signal. It served as a divine signal which transferred and transformed those 120 into divine communication devices. They went from being people in a room to divine communication devices. And they were being used by the sovereign to relate his divine plan for humanity into the ears of all that heard them. Do you see this? You got your device. Grab it again. That device is you. That's you. And God is the one holding you in his hand. And he wants to literally use you to communicate to somebody else in the world. His divine message, his divine plan. Don't miss this. The result of this divine movement was a massive salvation movement. And I believe that this is still the will of God today. You remember the story. The Bible says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They had the signal of tongues. And after they had a full signal, they began to speak. And when they began to speak, their voice went outside. Don't miss this because this is the most important part. Their voice went outside and the people that were without 
heard what was coming from within and they were drawn to that which was within by the voice of that which was within going out. Don't miss what I just said. Don't miss what I just said. Because some of us are fine with speaking exhortations across the room to one another. Don't miss this. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. Ooh, they got the spirit. And then we go outside. Good morning. How are you? Excuse me, I was in line here. But what if the whole reason he anointed us with an unknown tongue was not to have spiritual affluence. What if it was not so that we could express a certain level of spiritual dominance? But what if they were filled with the Holy Spirit not to boast of any gifts or signs but so that we could leverage the gift of the Holy Spirit for the sake of communicating divine purposes to humanity. My, my brother shared with me a story of his pastor in Louisiana and his pastor in Louisiana one day he got up and he was walking into a certain area and he began to speak in, in an unknown tongue. But watch this. There was a Hispanic family who did not speak English, and he began to speak to them. And he thought he was speaking in tongues. But they heard in Spanish. And they showed up to the house of God to be baptized. Y'all don't miss this. Don't miss this. And so he thought he was speaking in a heavenly language. And in fact, he was. But the heavenly language was not for him to show that he had the gift of tongues. It was because God wanted the gift of salvation to lodge in the heart of someone who spoke a different language than he did natively. And it may not always be so much of a stark contrast. Sometimes it may be the, the language of the spirit bubbling in your soul. And he prompts you to say something that makes no sense to you, but makes perfect sense to the hearer. Remarkable to me how so much power is concentrated in the house of God, but the very people that boast of that power can affect change in the spaces of humanity. I challenge Heavenly Vision Church in this room today. To get to the place to understand. Now listen, now I, I, I pray that every one of you have a divine manifestation of the spirit. And we're going we're gonna to have a time of prayer here at this altar before we leave today. But my prayer for every one of you is that God begins to depend on you or has the ability to begin to depend on you to become his divine communication devices so that he can communicate his divine message to any and everybody even if there are any language, cultural, mental, emotional barriers that you need to cross. This is, 
I, I, I know that, I know this is this is we're supposed to shout, right? We gotta uh, holy holy ghost Sunday. It's, it's, it's Pentecost, we gotta shout. No, I believe that beyond the shout, the Holy Ghost wants to get something communicated. Notice this. 120 Jews are in a room, and because they were united. And because the spirit filled them, they began to speak in their Aramaic tongues. And in tongues that God gave them and people from Africa, from Asia, from Europe, from the Americas, heard their own tongue. Read the scripture. The Bible says every man heard in their own tongue. So it wasn't just about the vernacular or, or the phonetic situating of what came out of their tongue. And let me pause parenthetically and say this. This is why we can allow ourselves to be overcome with tribalism. Because if you be honest, and you go into certain places that may not be your own, everybody's tongue sounds the same. Everybody has the same <laughs> rhythmic flow of their spiritual language. And I'm not hating on anybody's culture. But what I am saying is, is that we got to go beyond the spiritual calisthenic. And get into the very reason why God even put this communication device into the earth. So that his purposes that are in heaven could be manifested on earth to humanity. Jesus gives us a, a, a prerequisite of it in the model prayer. Lord, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How can I know the will unless the plan be revealed? And so now I need language. I need articulation for it. And so this is why he gave us the tongue. And they spoke. Not, watch this. Not as they felt it. Not, not as they wanted to. But they spoke. Listen to what the scripture says. As the Holy Spirit gave utterance. Let me tell you spiritual people something in here. Every situation is not a situation for you to expound upon truth. Some people's ears have been dulled to the word of God because we keep giving it according to our utterance. They didn't go out to them people and say, hey, y'all, we need to talk to y'all about Jesus. Hey, y'all, we, we, need, we need to evangelize y'all because y'all going to hell. No, they stayed in their house. But God used what happened in the house to go out of the house. And watch this. The thing that drew them was not their attractiveness. It was not their garments. It was not their activity. The thing that drew them to the house was the voice of the Holy Spirit taking grasp of the human tongue. Somebody got to hear what I'm saying. What if you allowed the Holy Spirit to have your tongue for a day? 
my God, oh man, I, I, I'm, I'm losing it right now in my space, Ron, because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, what would happen if we said, Holy Ghost, you can have my tongue for a full 24 hours. I'm going to go everywhere I usually go, and I'm going to do everything I usually do, but instead of me using my tongue, I'm going to let you use it today. And so I'm only going to speak when you prompt me to speak. And then I'm only going to say what you put on my tongue to, oh my God. Imagine how many salvations you would see on a daily basis. The Bible says that as they begin to live in this reality, he added to the church. Oh, y'all read that too? Daily. As many that would need to be saved. And so my question to you, I hope I made this, this scripture make sense to you. They are filled with the spirit of God. They are already in the place of unity. The divine signal rests on their head. They got full signal strength. They've been in there for 50 days, so, so, so their batteries are fully charged. They got full signal strength. And then they begin to speak, not according to their knowledge, but according to the utterance of the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 people get saved. Souls added to the church. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And you have the evidence of Spirit of God on you. Ask yourself. How is my communication leading people to Christ? I, 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 I'm not light on evangelism. I don't, I, 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 I'm, I'm actually, when, when I get off my behind and actually do what I'm supposed to do and stop procrastinating, I actually have a whole book on evangelism. It's, it's, it's going to be called Evangelism. So I believe in the evangelistic thrust of the church. I do, I do. But what would happen? Imagine this. If we said, Holy Spirit, not just have your way, but have my tongue. Who in your family would be saved if you stop telling them what you think and start saying what the Holy Spirit prompts you to say in the moment that he prompts you to say it? Because many of us, you, you are, you, I'm sure you're like me, and, and there have been times where I've, I've swallowed the prophetic word. I've swallowed it. It's not just the prophets that are prophetic. The Bible says that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. And so everybody who has the testimony of Jesus Christ in them, they have the ability to prophesy. Joel says, I would pour out my spirit on all flesh and the sons and the daughters would indeed prophesy. And so my question to you is, how many times have you been like James Ray and swallowed the tongue? Because you were arrested by its implications. I want to close this sermon with a big ask. 
And I want to say it in the most sober way possible. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to do something miraculous in this room. Because contrary to popular belief, they were filled with the Holy Spirit before the organ. Yeah, before the drum, before the snare, before the... They didn't need any of that. All they needed was unity and a yielded tongue. My question to you, because this may not be everybody's desire, because listen to this. When Jesus gets ready to ascend, there are over 500 people. Like, Jesus, we with you. Yeah. I knew he was going to get up out that grave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He told me he was going to get up. I knew it. And then he says, y'all excited? Yeah. Y'all ready? Yeah. Stay right here. Don't go nowhere. Wait right here. Too many of us miss the move of God because we get overwhelmed by our gift and don't wait long enough to receive the grace to operate in it. I told my daughter earlier this week, she, she's in the room. I told my daughter, I said, I said, I said there, was a, there was a moment in time where I wasn't operating the grace of God. I was operating on, on the sheer weight of my giftedness. I, 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 I was able for a season to actually move things because of the gift that I had. But there was no real longevity to it because it was done without grace. What if, what if it were like those 500 who were sitting there like, okay, all right. He said, wait, he going, oh, okay, bye, Jesus. He said, wait, right? Day 20, ooh, y'all, listen, um, I got this gospel, though, <laughs> and I got a couple of people at the crib. They want to know what happened when I was with Jesus. Uh, it's 30 days, ooh, you know, no, 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 it's too provocative. I'm going to go tell them. I'm going to go tell them. Bye, bye, I'll see y'all. And systematically, that 500 shrunk down to 120. The 500 went preaching, but they weren't preaching in the power. They were preaching in the weight of their testimony. Listen, they were preaching because they were eyewitnesses. They had, they, they had the clout of being an eyewitness. I was there when he turned water into wine. I was there, but watch this. It didn't last long because their testimony was only, it only lasted as long as they were alive to give it. And so this is why Jesus told them to wait for the power. Because the power would go from generation to generation to generation. And so if the truth be told, Pastor Kena, you Pastor Kena, but you still preaching in the same power that Paul preached in. It's Kena preaching, but it's the same power that Paul had. Terry, wait there. And it gave them power. And they spoke outside. They didn't start speaking to each other. Oh, Deacon Mike, oh, ta, ta, ba, ba, I'll affirm you in the Holy Ghost. Thank you. 
Thank you for affirming in the Holy Ghost. But there's a son. <laughs> there's a son that still needs salvation. There's a daughter, there's a cousin, there's a friend, there's a loved one. There's somebody you don't even know yet. There's somebody in your gym. There's somebody at your work. There's somebody in your space that needs the communication of God. Now watch this. Because they're not in relationship, they don't have the signal. And this is why he uses those who are in relationship because you have the signal. And you have to propel the message. So here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. I'm closing my laptop. I asked Prophet Janice to, to join me, and I know the other leaders, those who have been assigned to the altar, they're going to get in their place, but I asked her to join me here in this space because I've been able to see her operate in the grace of God in a particular way. And not just to give people the gift of speaking in tongues, it's way beyond that. I pray, I pray that I've, I, I've, I've made an argument through the text that is beyond that. Would you believe that? That is, wait a minute. Do y'all believe that? Do you hear, did you hear what I just said? Okay, I'm, listen, I'm, I, I can preach the next 25. Now, the goal was not just so that we could have a spiritual gift, but the goal was for you to be a divine communication device. So that even though someone on the outside is far away from Jesus, you're right next to him. And because you're right next to him, he can tell you to tell that person on the bus, tell them I love them. Tell them their life is worth living. Tell them I'll never leave them nor forsake them. And what if you got past yourself? Hey, sis, I, I, don't, I don't know you, but God told me to tell you that he loves you. God told me to tell you that your life is worth living. God told me to tell you that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And then she cancels her planned suicide. Family, I hear the Lord saying, What he's birthing in you is going to be great. And even though it seems like you don't have help, he's going to be a divine resource. You don't know what they like. You know what they're going through. But they canceled their appointment at the abortion clinic. Come on, prophet. I want to call some select people to this altar. And 
I'm not under any false pretenses as it relates to who should or would come to this altar. I'm just asking. If you're in the room and you say, you know what? I want that to be me. Now, whether, whether it comes in an unknown tongue or whether it comes in a word of knowledge or whether it comes through the spirit of pro- what, however, however, God, I'm literally willing to give you my tongue and let you do something miraculous through me. Watch this. Not on Sunday from 11 to 1245. But every day of my life, notice the message of the scripture. They were in the house. They spoke out of the house. And because the people out of the house heard, they responded. Here's what I'm calling to the altar this morning. This this new day now. If you in your heart say, you know what? I, I want to, not I need to, I want to surrender my tongue to the power of the Holy Ghost. And whatever he does in my life, I'm down. Whatever he uses me, whoever he uses me to communicate with, I'm down. If that's you in this room. Were you blessed by the message you just heard? If so, please leave a review so others can glean from the lessons you learned. And if you would like to help us continue ministry, feel free to give at hvcla.com. We love you, family.